There's a whole crowd of men out there who need this. Welcome to the case study. This case study will be marked down in time. Known to all as the record keeper of the historic rise of the woke man. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, welcome, gentlemen. I don't know if any women will be listening to this, but quite frankly, I don't care. What I want is to see the change in man. Yes, that's hurt. The change in man. This is the Woke Man series, where you hear the stories of men who changed, who laid to rest their old ways of thinking, and who opened up and started expressing their truth, revealing emotion, Strengthening their self-awareness and breaking free from the old paradigm of being a man. This is going to help men find the courage to open up, to break the shackles of toxic masculinity, and to guide them home in becoming a better man. Let's go. Oh, by the way, it's Luca. Luca Reedy from the Feeling Alive podcast. And The Woke Man is a sub-series. You're welcome. Alrighty, welcome to The Woke Man series, the greatest case study on men in all of history. I'm here with Lockie Samuel, brother. How are you? I'm good, thank you, bro. That's good, man. I, um, <clears throat> it's been quite funny, our turnaround, because I was like reaching out to you mm, late last year, October last year. I'm like, hey, bro, how do you start a podcast? And um, now here we are, man. I'm, I'm, I'm attributing much of my uh, podcasting success to you. So thank you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> and for for those for those who are wondering, um, Lockie has the Open Up podcast, which I was on last year, and that was like actually my first podcast. So thank you, brother, for allowing me to start my journey on the radio waves. Awesome, bro. It's cool to see what you're doing now. Mm. Thanks, bro. All right, man. So we're going to start with quick fire questions. People get to know what your perspective is on life and this journey that we're on and, and helping those brothers step forward with uh, a support network, you know, with an understanding that they're, they're in the right place. So question one, where did you grow up? Where do you live now? I grew up in South Auckland, New Zealand, a suburb called Manurewa. And I now live in Perth, Western Australia. Loving okay. it here. Yeah, nice. Would you ever go back to New Zealand? Pardon? Would you ever go back to New Zealand? Uh, no, I don't particularly enjoy where I grew up. Um, mm. not, not a real fan of the culture and um, the stereotyping there. So I'm pretty happy here. It's chilled, it's relaxed, and people, yeah. oh, there's so much opportunity, man. Yeah, sweet, bro. Awesome. Uh, what do you do for a living now? Uh, I do men's coaching. I have a podcast um, and deliver mental health workshops and strategy. Beautiful, man. Much needed. That's awesome. Uh, what's one thing you're really good at, apart from looking fucking sexy? Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listening. That's probably my best skill, man. Oh, it's a good skill, man. It's a good skill. Hence, you're a coach eh? and, and a podcaster, <laughs> so that makes sense. Yep. And you're zone of genius. And what's your biggest fear? the moment biggest fear 
it was having people see my small penis. It's mm. probably now spiders. <laughs> like you've transcended, man. You've transcended, eh? <laughs> You're pretty much Buddha now. Yep. <laughs> All right, so just talk about the, the small penis um, thing at the moment because I know this is a big part of what you do around the shame and stuff that you help people break through. Yeah, so with the small penis thing, obviously went through childhood trauma, like sexual abuse, and got told it was too small, and then porn because of that and the addiction, yeah. um, just further embedded the story that it was too small. And then at the end of last year, went to a workshop that was two back-to-back weekends, and I got told before that I might have to get naked, and so like that fear come up big time. And for three weeks prior to the first weekend, I was just like catatonic didn't want to do anything, didn't want to eat, just so scared of going there Mm. and having to get naked and have people see my small penis. So first weekend went past and like I was just a shell of myself. I got uh, comments that I was showing up like a scared little boy um, that I couldn't be trusted. I was just like, fuck, that's so far from who I believe I am and who I know I am. Um, Why am I not showing up? And I come back to that fear. the anxiety around maybe having to get naked. So on the second weekend, uh, the first morning, I just put my hand up. I was like, fuck, my biggest fear is people seeing how small my penis is. Can I like get naked? And they're like, yep. <laughs> Preston Whoa. got me up, stood me on a chair and he, and they fucking made a, made like a show of it, bro. Like, what do you mean? They made like, a fucking show of it. Like, like I, I got up on the chair and I was like all smiley and like, yeah, I'm going to break through this shit. Took my shirt off and started to pull my pants down. And they're like, no, 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 this isn't about the showman. This is about breaking through. Stop, stop, let go of the showman. You're here to break through. And I was like, oh, fuck. Holy Jesus. Like I'm actually going to be seen. And they like counted me down to taking, dropping my pants on this chair of like 80 to a hundred people in a room, just staring at me. And they're like, okay, drop your pants now. And I want you to look at everyone in the eyes in this room. You're kidding, bro. And I was like five to 10 minutes. Yeah. I've got goosebumps, bruv. It was like five to 10 minutes of being completely stark as with, with my, yeah, with my Maltesers and my chocolate finger hanging out and just everyone just eyeballing me, bro. Like chicks Fucking, crying. Wow. Like, wow. <laughs> wow. And, and afterwards, how was that feeling? Bro, it was freeing. eh? And like mm. that's that's a fear that had governed a lot of my life. Like, mm-hmm. especially going to a urinal, you see a dude at the urinal, it's like, fuck, ain't no way I'm gonna stand at that urinal next to no mm. dude. Mm. <laughs> wow, brother, I commend that man for putting yourself out there and going into that. Fucking amen, <laughs> man. Love you, man. That's awesome. Really Cheers, is. Whew, that's how you do it, ladies and gentlemen. We'll stop the interview right there. Just <laughs> fucking get naked. Oh, that makes yeah. me nervous, man. Like, that makes me nervous for sure. So that's that's true that's true embodiment bro awesome um all right so this is supposed to be quick fire um and we already had a novel there so that's okay what's your favorite (laughs) what's your favorite quote the way you do anything is the way you do everything Mm. fucking mic drop nice i like that it's so true man uh what is a conscious man to you someone who gives himself permission to look at the way that he shows up 
uh, for himself and for others. Mm, perfect. Uh, what's one thing that challenges you right now? self-worth i think in what yeah. sense um with with the coaching uh i'm i've just broken through having the price of my program tied to my self-worth rather than the breakthrough of my clients. And so that's what I've had to shift through. And that's what's challenged me in the last couple of weeks. Big time. Yeah. Appreciate that, man. It's all good. Um, what's unconditional love mean to you? Uh, love without expectation. Yeah. Amen. Eh? Amen. Mm. Do you believe in a greater power? This is the last one. Yes. Yeah, I do. What um, was what was that hesitation? Explain explain what you believe this greater power. Okay. Be. So not not in terms of like a deity or a god or yep. any sort of religion. I just believe in um I guess energetic law, quantum physics if you want to call it thing, that or the the I Ching, whatever you want to call. Yeah, I just believe in like quantum entanglement, interconnectedness. But there is something. There's something. You just don't. Yes. You just don't label it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. All right, bro. That's the quick fire. Now we get into the main questions. This is going to be. I mean, you're you're good with this anyway. So I'm going to say you just just get raw, bro. Get raw. What did your life look like as unwoke in terms of like a limited self awareness of your of you? And what's it look like now? And how do they? How do those two compare? Okay, so unwoke would probably be a narcissistic cheater who, when he'd close his eyes, would see a dude having sex with him, see a penis, and think he was gay and then have to go out and prove that he wasn't. Mm. Um, uh, an ecstasy addict, an alcohol abuser, a steroid addict, um, and just just a man or a scared little boy who used to manipulate people mm. and destroy relationships just so that he didn't have to uh, take accountability and I guess, accept consequences for his destructive toxic actions. Um, yeah. That's a good summary of who I was, bro. That's and a great summary. <laughs> uh, now I'm, I believe I am a man who can give and receive love freely, which has been really hard. Mm. That's that that was um that took a lot of time to work through. I am someone who is able to surrender. I'm able to give myself permission <laughs> to surrender, to be vulnerable, like first within myself, um, acknowledging the flaw and accepting it and then um expressing that to other people. Um mm. which isn't too common at the moment especially within men and especially within the FIFO industry uh mm, yeah i'll just say i'm a, i'm a man who's now deeply grateful yeah wow so almost like another perspective on life like just looking at it like there's a lot of beauty in life as opposed to there was a lot of hatred in life before yeah everything was done in spite before 
needing to validate that I was worthy. Yeah. Whereas now I just believe I am and act out of that place, act out of love rather yeah. than, yeah, needing someone to conform to my belief. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful, bro. I respect that for sure. So what was, what was your biggest vice back then? Vice? Yeah. Vice. Uh, attention from women. Oof. That's a couple of yeah. times that's come up from others too. Attention. Yeah. So how would that, how would that look? Uh, that was man, like no matter whether I had a girlfriend or not, I'd always be uh, sexting with someone flirting anything, bro, just to have the attention. Like I remember having a, my good friend here in Perth, I remember him saying to me one day, cause he had a partner. He was like, man, all you, all you want to do is go out and like look for girls. And I was like, Oh fuck. You're right. Like I do. That's, that's all I want to do. Everything I do in my life has been predicated on getting attention from a hot girl. <laughs> I can relate to that, man. I think that's one of mine as well, for sure. And I think that still, if I'm completely honest, underlies me. In a in a, well, in a in a big way, like obviously, a bit more open communication with it now, and, and a bit and a whole lot more awareness on it. Before I was like, I just want to fuck, and <laughs> and now it's like, oh no, that's not me. Why why is that? It's like a questioning, a new lease, a new understanding on what it was or what it is. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And if you were looking at five emotions: anxiety, shame, guilt, fear, and anger, which are generally like probably the first five most common emotions among men, which one challenged you most? So that's anxiety, shame, guilt, fear, anger. Or was it something else? Anxiety, shame, guilt, fear. I think I had... I don't know if this is what you want, but I, I think I had a mixture of the two because of that vice. Mm. Because of that vice, I was a cheating narcissist come... Um, the shame and the guilt of cheating and people not knowing, covering it up. So feeling like a fraud and then the anxiety of people finding out. So I was like those intertwined man, mm. um, negatively influenced most of my life up until at least like 20, 26, 27. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's it. Like a lot of people are mixing them up. A lot of people have a lot of them, I would say, not just one, but yeah. So um, did you ever contribute those emotions to something in your past? Um, and have you found forgiveness for that? Uh, like while I was going through the shit or? Yeah. Like so like now, now you're looking at it, you've obviously worked through it, right? Yeah. So I'd contribute it to um, my dad trying to drown me when I was six. Uh, that sparked this whole belief that I wasn't enough. Then the sexual abuse felt not enough again and then needed to prove that I wasn't gay. Um, took on that addiction to porn, which, I mean, led to a warped perspective of what a woman was, what a relationship was, how big my dick was supposed to be, which then led to the narcissism and the cheating. So, like, with that context and the understanding, I can have empathy and compassion for myself. And although what I did to the women woman in my life um mm. i don't condone or like i don't um i'm not overlooking or understating uh i do forgive myself for acting that way as that person yeah 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 wow and what was the lowest point in your life through this period of like 
you know, figuring your on your journey, what was the lowest point and, and was suicide ever a factor? Yep. So I'd say the lowest point was probably it probably was uh attempting to take my life. Uh yeah, that that's probably the being the lowest point up until now. Um and that just come off the back of losing my job, losing the relationship because of my actions, um, spiraling into depression, being reliant on alcohol and steroids. And again, going back to that vice of needing the attention of women, um, wasting all of my money, borrowing so much that I felt like a burden and then getting to that place. And so that was the place where you say you, you knew that you, you thought of suicide. Didn't, did you attempt it? Yeah, yeah, I did. Mm. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of, um, there's an interesting pattern that comes up with this and it's like not necessarily the lowest pattern, the lowest point and it doesn't seem to um, contribute to that point where we were committing suicide, but there was like, it was very close to, hey, like it's really beautiful to see men on the other side of that because I know this is, and, and I know with the work that you do, man, you see it a lot. You're making mental health mainstream. It's like, it's so nice to see men on the other side of this pit waking up through to that man. Yeah. So was there in, in, in saying that, was there a significant moment of awakening in your journey that you remember? Awakening. Hmm. I think for me, I went through the attempt and then there was, there was just like a moment there where like people say your life flashes before your eyes. And like, I believe that because mm. I saw my daughter and I was like, fuck, um, <laughs> if I, if I do this, like she's not going to have a, a dad, she's not going to have a father's hand to hold all the rest of it. Um, and then I sort of changed my behavior and the way that I lived my life and the habits that I had and the environment um, that I was surrounded by because of that and wanting to live for her. But I ended up, back in FIFO, got evacuated for being suicidal. And I don't think it was until I started the podcast and started interviewing people who had overcome adversity that I really like, I don't know, I found like this fire in my chest. Mm. It sort of, yeah, lit my soul on fire to meet people who had these stories, who had overcome it, who could express it and educate. Um, and unintentionally, like. Um, connect to mentors and mm. yeah stories of overcoming adversity bro i think like it's been a periodical or a period of time where i've become awakened and not not specifically one moment yeah okay there was a but there, there's a significant memory of your of your daughter that really just is like fuck this is far bigger than me yeah that that was the that was the one moment that was sort of like snap you need to do something yeah Mm. yeah okay that's cool uh now through this period of your change did your friend group change the people that you spent a lot of time with change and how did you deal with that yeah i i've always felt it uh, i've always found it easy to be alone um so it wasn't it wasn't too difficult for me and i like okay. doing my own thing so my friend group has definitely changed 
I've, and I haven't been harsh about it. Like I haven't been a dick about um, reducing the amount of time with people. I just reduce the time without disrespecting them essentially or making them feel like they're less than me because I'm trying to become a better version of myself. Yeah. Um, That's, that's the way I've handled it, bro. I've just started connecting with people who I feel um, this energetic bond with who I feel are going to help me up level. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Where there is no resentment, just love. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. So, um, obviously there sounds like there's been some healing, a part of your journey. Did you have to heal anything mentally, emotionally, and physically? And, and what is it that you use as you, uh, uh, like a really powerful way to help you heal into where you're at now? Uh, yeah, I mean, like that childhood trauma stuff that we spoke about, largely that that's come up because of breathwork. Breathwork is probably like the one tool I'd say that has um, dramatically mm-hmm. changed or positively influenced my life. Like the thing with my dad in, in, in the bathtub, that was that come up because of breathwork. Like I had buried that and I was forced to re-experience it. Um, and then it's just been consistently like unpacking trauma, like re-experiencing and then unpacking and delving into trauma because of breathwork. Yeah. And that's, wow. um, I think that's been biodynamic breathwork. Yeah. 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 Breathwork has been frigging powerful for me too. And I know a lot of others, man, um, definitely just, it, it sends you to another place of unpacking some shit for sure. Eh? <laughs> yep. It's a, it's a fast healer, man, for sure. All right. So, Moving, we've got two questions left. Um, I like your answers. They're straight to the point. No fucking around. <laughs> what, what part of your conscious journey are you most grateful for, man? Learning how to love and value myself because without that, my you spoke about unconditional love. Without that, the love that I've given has come with the, the expectation of being loved back or getting something back so now that i do love myself and feel worthy i can give love without needing anything from anyone yeah yeah wow that's a fucking that's a big shift eh? yeah that's like legit i've just full-on stepped into it embodied that in the last week because wow. of my yeah the coaching course and getting gentle slaps from my coaches yeah <laughs> yeah good on you man that's awesome all right, now we've got last question. It's a big one. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> what's, um, what's one tip that you would give your old self who was just starting this journey? Mm. Probably... that you won't ever, ever reach the end. I think like for me, and especially I know a lot of people, especially like the men that I work with feel like when you start this journey or when you start this, this path to enlightenment, whatever you want to call it, self-actualization, you feel like there's an end. Mm. And if you're always chasing the end, you're never going to be happy or grateful for where you are within the process. Um, and understanding that life is not linear. There's going to be ebbs and flows, ups and downs. 
and that the down doesn't mean that you failed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's probably what I'd say. The down doesn't mean that you failed and that it's okay. It's, it's not, we're not looking for an end goal. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> yeah, wow, that's a good one, man. I think we can probably listen to that ourselves right now, eh? If yep. I'm really honest. <laughs> sure. Man, that's, that was, that, that's, the, that's the end of the woke man questions. Um, oh, sweet. Yeah, so we've got 19 questions in there now. I've added one, the unconditional love one. And, and look, eventually when we have, this, when we have so many people, uh, men, conscious men, come together and formulate this pattern, it's going to be beautiful to be able to share your part of it and everyone else's part of it to help men realize who they truly are. If we're really honest, like just find that wholeness within, right? Yes. I love it, bro. You're like going to be the Brendan Bouchard of woke men. <laughs> the Brendan Bouchard of woke men. Sure, man. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that. No worries. <laughs> Whatever. I'll take the $1 million a month coming into his account as well. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> All right, brother. Thank you so much for joining me, and, and I'm glad that you've um, been a big part. You've been a big part of my journey, and I'm glad that you're here to help other men open up. Thanks, bro. Thank you, brother. I appreciate your time. Whoa, man. Bring love and just be. I got love in my eyes, bro. I can't see. I'm gonna be who I'm destined to be. Wokeness is taking my old self away. Yeah, I put love into me. I'm spreading that love. Yo, don't you see? Grab your cacao and drink it with me. Cause wokeness is taking my old self away. Woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man. Bring love and just be. Woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, bring love and just be.